Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram, at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can DM us there if you have questions for the audience or for the entrepreneurs who are on there. I haven't said that in a while, so I know there's questions out there. I'm trying to integrate them into the episodes as I have food entrepreneurs that the questions are appropriate for and that the subject matter can be... Uh, apply to the question and so also if you want to be on the show dm us i appreciate that all of you guys reaching out people wanting to be on the show it makes it a lot easier for sure and that you guys have interest in the show i'm willing to tell anyone's story i want to tell the food entrepreneur story out there i want everyone's story matters it could help someone and if we help one person even just one that's making an impact and having influence we make one person's life better not necessarily easier but better that's why we do the show that's why the entrepreneurs come on the show so that being said we're going to jump right into part three with john's farm out of oklahoma and that's because we sort of we did a long episode the other day but i wanted everyone to really enjoy this i wanted to break it up i wanted to make sure we could comprehend and have time to think about all of the information that was dumped into these two episodes. There's a lot of information in here. And I want everyone to understand that some of the topics across some of the episodes that are coming up are for the point of getting us to think, to start thinking independently, not what's being told to us, not what's being, you know, at us, go do our own research. Don't, don't worry about what's being told or what's being pushed on us. Go do your own research. Intelligence is the ability to change our own minds, okay? To do the research, to grow our mind in a way that we change it, or we grow it, or we pivot, okay? That's part of being an entrepreneur, is the ability to pivot, meaning we make decisions sometimes are wrong. We've got to change our own mind through intellect, through discipline, through experimentation. That's part of being an entrepreneur, and in order to do that, we have to have the intelligence, the confidence the knowing that it's okay to fail and make a mistake and pivot in another direction, just like we're seeing with John's farm. Okay, they switched to regenerative farming. They decided to do it differently. They changed their own mind. And it's a very, very beautiful thing. And it's this episode is one of the most important to me um, just because I feel such a connection with what they're doing, the transition and the hardship that they've had in their life and the decision to take on a long-term goal that could be 10 years to do the right thing for the world and the legacy of their family and the legacy of the humans and animals on this planet. So with that being said, we're going to jump right in where we left off. We were talking about how most of these regenerative farmings are on the east and west coast and that there aren't that many in the middle of the United States. And I don't know about the world, but I am interested in any farmers who are out there who want to talk about regenerative farming across the globe. Because I've got to imagine there's other ones in New Zealand, possibly in South America, that are practicing these. I just want to find you guys. If anyone knows any, please help me find them. I'm asking the audience to interact with me to help me find these food entrepreneurs and these farmers out there in the world across the globe that are doing things with regeneration. So thank you everyone for listening in. I know that was kind of long-winded, but we're going to jump right where we left off. So thank you guys. I appreciate all of you. I love you. Please share the episodes. Give five stars. 
write a review. We give these away for free. The entrepreneurs are trying to make impact. They're volunteering their time and their story. So please help them, give them good reviews, share their stories, help their businesses, and help them get their message out there so it can help other entrepreneurs or individuals who are going through tough situations. Okay, this is a give back. That's why we do it. We are giving back for what we've been given. So thank you everyone for listening in. Let's get started. When I love this um, conversation, I think that like anchoring this right now, um, just where we are on the episode is really important. I just want to pause for everyone for a second and just make light of that. It's a lonely journey and there's so many individuals out there that can help us um, that are in our field, particularly if you're in food or farming. And there are other ways of thinking about things. It is uncomfortable and it's weird because I understand that seeking a comfort and that um, thinking that that's a good thing. Um, I have parents, I would say, that really wanted us to have comfort as kids and wanted us to have happiness and and do those things. The pro- well, one and, and it, you know, I get it. You know, I can see it in a lot in my siblings and and the individuals I grew up with. But for me, it was I always knew at a very young age that I had to be uncomfortable to grow and like anxiety for a lot of people is a really bad thing and it can be overwhelming for me at times but I've learned that it's an important indicator of that I need to keep moving forward that I that I'm stuck in a situation it's usually because I'm not moving now my anxiety is weirdly conditioned to I'm not growing and um, or I need to make a change in my life Um, and one of the things that I think as we really anchor this is we talked about the the thing between our ears, our brain. And as humans, one of the most dangerous things we do is walk in our own brain by ourselves, okay? If we're entrepreneurs, it usually means we end up shrinking our businesses for some reason and we only, because why? We only have a customer of one, that's ourselves. We're doing it because we think so, because it's our belief, because whatever, we're not listening to the world around us, we're not listening to the humans around us, or in some cases, the animals around us, or even God, okay, in this case, uh, for me. Okay, like when I start getting stuck or I getting comfortable, it means all those things are going out of my life. Um, um, I have less community in my life. I have less um, people in my life. I'm usually walking in my own brain by myself. Okay, and for me, an overthinker, um, which I don't get stagnant, I still take risks and I keep moving forward. But I am an overthinker, and overthinking sometimes can be a negative thing. You can ruminate on the wrong things and steer your ship in the wrong direction, for sure. Um, That's the old adage goes, like, if you stare at the guardrail, you're going to drive the car right into the guardrail or your motorcycle. And so (laughs) it's that um, in some cases. So um, I just really wanted to anchor that with the audience. Um, So as we continue... um, Kristen, let's talk about like the best days that you guys have had and sort of your worst days because I've got to imagine as you transitioned over the last, you know, it's now been 20, almost 20 years. Oh, it has been 20 years, almost 30 years um, since you guys have switched over um, to organic. What, I mean, how, what were the best times like? What were the worst times? I mean, there's got to been moments where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work or we lost maybe some of our crops or some of our cows. So, I mean, I've got to imagine, and I grew up on a farm, so I know 
it's kind of crazy because the rest of the world, I don't think, understands how composure and I would call equanimity works uh, at being on a farm because what will go wrong does go wrong. And there's a lot of loss here and there and animal life and, and all of that. And you get used to dealing with life in a different way. So can we talk a little bit about that, those those best days and those worst days? Sure. You know, I think uh, our worst days would be similar to when we were conventional farmers. Only maybe we've improved on those worst days a little bit. Uh, we used to raise stalker steers, and it was uh, very common to get a potbelly load of those in. And then within the next week, you would lose two, three, four to shipping fever. I mean, that was expected. It's anticipated. Um that's just what happens, and you don't like it, but it does. But when we transitioned to a cow-calf operation and then went into the organic uh, realm of things, that loss, I mean, we don't ship in any cattle anymore, so we don't deal with shipping fever, but we hardly ever lose any cattle either. And there might be a calf that we lose once, once a year. You know, but it's just cut those losses tremendously. So thankfully, we don't deal with so much of that. So now I think our worst days are more like things that involve our uh, service to our customers. You know, we we just make errors sometimes, <laughs> filling orders, or we miss a an appointment time that we intended to meet, or we have a cutting order misread at the uh, processor, things like those, they're just mistakes. And they're, maybe can't fix them, but the next time you fix them, um, they're a little stressful when they happen, but you get through it and make adjustments and go on. So, you know, if those are our worst days, really they're not too bad. And then I would say as far as our best days, they're again relating that to what we're, actually doing now uh you go out to the pasture and you have a newborn calf that morning well that's pretty cool and a great way to start the day uh when we get all our orders packed and uh ready for delivery that's a good day if a customer calls and wants to come pick up their order here at the farm or uh, someone registers to come and have dinner with the farmer Certainly, that's the best day. Uh, once we complete the delivery route uh, with a few or hopefully no mistakes, no one's had an accident, no no injuries, uh, there's a best day. Um, sometimes we get to multitask uh, with our grandkids. They will help us on deliveries day, get orders to customers, and watching them interact with our customers and our customers enjoy learning to know them, certainly that's the best day. Uh, my goodness, I receive so many encouraging messages through social media. You know, we appreciate what you do. Thank you for delivering to us. Thank you for being organic. Thank you for being transparent. Those, <coughs> excuse me, those things definitely make for a best day. <coughs> and, uh, Getting to know, excuse me, I'm going to cough here a second, Justin. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I'm sorry. Getting to know people 
having the opportunity to uh, learn who they are and what they do and what their values are, <clears throat> that has absolutely changed what we are as farmers. Uh, we have that opportunity now. And if there was anything that I would say ranks at the top of the list, it would be learning new faces and building relationships with uh, genuine people um, and getting to share their story as we share ours. There's just nothing that compares to that. I love this because I it really gives me a segue into the next conversation, which is like, Obviously, it's not just you and John on the farm. Um, you, you, in a, and we talked a little bit about a village, and you guys have a business. So, let's talk about team members. Um, you know, the the group you guys have help you on the farm. Like, how do you how do you guys work with them? How do you educate them on what you guys are doing? Um, how do you bring new team members into the business side, which I'll call the the outward facing side? And how do you bring new team members into the farming side? <laughs> well, you know, we only have one uh, team member, or we have had until just uh, here recently. We have a, a full-time helper, and uh, he's been with us now several years, and he works daily with John, uh, running equipment, learning the processes uh, uh, that we do in agriculture. Uh, within the last year, I have added a part-time team member uh, who helps us uh, with inventory in the walk-in so we know what cuts of beef we have and how many, and also helps and assists with packing individual customer orders. And we've been operating uh, like that for a good number of years, <clears throat> and our grandson just graduated from high school. Uh, before he was born, uh, John nicknames just about everybody. And so when we found out we were having a grandson, this uh, child was nicknamed Farmer. And that seems to have stuck pretty well because his desire has been for years to, to come to the farm and start farming with us. So he graduated from high school in May. Uh, he is living with us now uh, just to get us through the harvest season here. And as soon as that's complete, then he will actually make the transition and move to Fairview. And he will start, uh, you know, his own generation of farming. He will be the seventh generation. And he has the opportunity to uh, learn from John and walk alongside him uh, hopefully pick up some tips on how this has been and learn the appreciation for what we have and that he will be prepared to carry forward in the future. But uh, basically, our operation is very much hands-on between John and I. This is awesome. Um, I think the particularly the seventh generation, the compounding of the family legacy that we're talking about here, the passing on the torch, um, the God speaking through other people. I can relate to nicknaming everyone. I do a lot of that as well. <laughs> and um, and uh, all good ways, I promise. And um, <laughs> and the the foresight of like 
helping someone discover who they are, I think has a lot to do with, particularly when we're young or we're born, when we have grandparents or parents that really believe in our potential um, and believe in our growth and that, um, you know, our destiny is ahead should we choose to follow it and and help us uh, have the confidence to do it, I think is a huge uh, part. I think one of the things I love about farming um, and good families, I would say, well run families with good core values is that there is the passing on of the torch. There is the the father to son, the mother to daughter, the father to daughter, the mother to son, um, what I would call approval that so many families don't go through because there isn't b- tied businesses or tied farm or tied objectives or tied goals or tied uh, outcomes or tied legacies like we're talking about now. So in those cases, it's just really cool to see the passing of the torch and the confidence that goes along with it that's instilled in the individuals um because i don't think there's enough of that in this world honestly and i wasn't going to talk about this uh it's more of a topic for the centurion leadership battalion but i will discuss it on here which is in today's society we do not do enough of building up the confidence in our youth in the right ways okay it's not about you know, it's not about, like I said, I, I just want to be careful. Like, oh, you're great, Johnny. You're the best thing ever since sliced bread. You're going to be an astronaut. It's not what I'm talking about. Okay, that matters because we're talking about farmer. He's calling him a farmer matters, but also the work that had to be put in, the time on the farm that had to be put in, the time with John, I'm sure, on the farm, and the hard knocks that goes along with passing on torches has to happen in order for this to truly happen that has to be earned also it can't just be given um just for lack of a better term and uh, i just wanted wanted to anchor that for everyone for sure um you obviously have children you guys have a grandson how important is this family uh and the grandson coming in your business how important and fulfilling it is it for you guys to see that happen because i've got to imagine that that's rewarding Oh, my goodness, yes. It's extremely rewarding because, uh, you know, after you do this for a number of years and you've developed relationships with others and, you know, it's very evident John and I are not young people any longer. And we've had people say to us, uh, you know, what's going to happen to your farm? Because they're curious as well. And so it is really quite a relief and just to know that there there is a future here. And we know the future farmer. Uh, all of our grandchildren are very much tied to the farm. They probably will not return to the farm to operate it, but they honor it. Um, and they enjoy coming here. They are very aware of the various processes like i said they've helped us on our delivery routes so we're all tied uh i don't know that you can really put a value on having family support i think that's almost impossible Um, when we began our farming journey we were just young college grads and i know our parents were thrilled to have us return from the campus to the farm they helped us even before we asked for help they encouraged us every step of the way. They worked alongside us, or maybe I should say we worked alongside them because we didn't know 
know all that much, but uh, they were our mentors. Um, when they retired from farming, they turned us and they encouraged us to carry the torch, uh, continue in our heritage. Uh, you know, our children, they have contributed time. They contribute their talents, their energy when they feel there's need for extra hands. They've listened to us and they've offered suggestions and they encourage us along this journey. Um, our grandchildren have come to experience the farm as well. And we continually relay stories to our, of our ancestors to them in hopes of deepening their appreciation for what they see and where they walk and what they have learned from the farm and have respect for the farming industry. Just the other day at lunch, we were sharing a couple of stories with Kale, and that's the grandson who's going to be the next farmer here. And uh, I looked at John and I said, you know, Kale's probably calling his parents and saying, my goodness, I just sat through lunch and heard some more old stories from Nana and Papa. He must get so tired of those. And he just smiled and he said, keep telling them I love to hear them so how encouraging is that and you know you know then that you're building and instilling in them their heritage and our other grandchildren would tell you the same they can recite many of those stories they've heard them enough to have them memorized but that's okay because that helps them with their appreciation and deep love for the land I mean, it's so cool because I love this for this particular reason. Like, I feel myself that I'm going through quite a, a life change. But what I've come to understand is I'm stacking skills right now. Okay. It's like I went back to the beginning. Okay. Back to the basics. I need to, I have a bunch of skills. I have a bunch of education. I have a bunch of experience and exposure. Um, education, experience, exposure, which I think are the foundations of entrepreneurship as well as the foundations of being a good leader in this world and, and having good core values. But here's the thing that I that I love about it is you've got to stack skills and it doesn't matter how old or young you are, You, in order to keep growing and giving value to the world, um, benefiting the world, uh, growing the world, you've got to be uncomfortable in some ways and you've got to constantly be learning. One, I'm going to anchor is you talked about John constantly reading. Like that's important, reading, constantly reading, seeking growth, seeking better understanding, seeking improvement, being uncomfortable in your current situation because you don't know enough, because we'll never know enough, but we can always continue to educate ourselves to be better, progress over perfection. And that's what we're talking about here. But for me, and I'm going to anchor this because we talked about your nephew. I mean, your grandson, excuse me. I don't know why I was thinking about my nephew. But anyway, my your, your grandson is that you've got to learn diverse skills. Right now, I never, we didn't do pizzas. We didn't do donuts. We didn't do a lot of baking in my business. We brought a, bought a lot of that stuff in for the hospitals and we produced everything else from scratch a lot of the time. The meals, the food, the, the stuff locally sourced from between 250 to 450 mile radius depending on what part of the country we're in. And so, because I wanted that localness, I wanted that regenerative nature, I wanted to support the local farmers, particularly in the United States. And so we did a lot of that, but now I'm stacking skills, okay? It looks, people are like, what are you doing? You are an uberly successful human by their standards, and 
um, you've run these successful businesses and had over 30-some businesses in your lifetime and, and built them and, and had failures and successes and learned from why are you learning donuts and pizza? You know, why are you learning the delivery food game? Okay, it's because I'm never going to be done learning. And while you and individuals out there may see success on the outside, it doesn't feel that way to me. And I try not to anchor myself in whether or not I'm successful or a failure in life in general. All I know is I've got to keep growing and keep moving forward. And my fulfillment is knowing that a little bit of me grows every day. Okay, just from this podcast, I grew. Okay, the land run thing, while I knew about it, I I didn't understand it in the way it happened in Oklahoma. That's knowledge for me. And also, just listening to Kristen's story and John's story, it lets me know I'm not alone in the constant seeking of growth and that um, you guys give me hope that no matter how old I get, that it is okay and acceptable to continue that growth and model that growth and lead by that growth. Because if I detach myself from the outcome, ultimately, and build a legacy or do something that's the betterment for mankind and my family in the long run, eventually, you don't know when, and maybe it skips a generation and your children, but it ends up with your grandchildren. You know, and that's huge. And that's part of the American dream, guys. That's part of the reason we talked about the land run, because it is the American dream. It is the 4th of July uh, coming up as we recorded this episode and we released these episodes um, on and after the 4th of July because they are so impactful. They they do matter. Where we get our food from does matter, as I said before. So I love this. Um, gosh, um, I've got a, a few other questions. Um, let's talk about what you mentioned before, the Acres USA conference, okay? I don't know what yeah. that is. I know they, they were at your farm recently. Let's talk about what yeah. that is, how cool it was to have them there, and sort of what that means for you guys and, and what that organization exactly does. Well, or, Acres uh, USA is an organization that connects individuals who are eager to learn about regenerative farming practices, principles, and understand better the challenges. Um, They are very much into organic production. Um, They believe that successful farming isn't done just in a vacuum, um, that it takes a village. And I agree with that, Justin. It takes a village, but you may not have that village for a while. I believe our village at this point in time are the consumers who are helping to support us. They're the encouragers. Um, They're the ones that ask the questions, and those questions stimulate us to do better. Those questions stimulate us to learn more. So um, that's our village. But Acres just happens to be uh, a publication as well, and it was the first publication that John subscribed to when we went into the organic arena. And he reads that thing and still does for the past 20-some years from cover to cover and more than once. And I soon learned that that was not something that I threw away when the new edition arrived because he might want to refer to it. And then when he has opportunity, he takes his uh, previous publications, and I mean, we've got several years worth. He will take some of the older ones with him somewhere, and if someone asks him about transitioning or 
where do I find, you know, organic inputs or whatever, he will pull out a magazine and give it to them. So Acres has been very much a part of our uh, transition process. They're still a part of our process. And uh, they held a summer conference, and uh, they had already designated that this summer would be held in Oklahoma, and we were fortunate that they contacted us, and we worked alongside them uh, then uh, and hosted the conference as best we could during 106-degree weather that afternoon and uh, at one of our farms. So we registered there and had question and answer time with John and I and then moved the meeting into town where we could get into some condition space. But, uh, you know, there were local uh, agriculturists and uh, state uh, Department of uh, Agriculture and some representatives from Oklahoma State University all came together with uh, a number of organic or want-to-be organic producers uh, just to kind of give us a update on what's happening and make sure that we know that, you know, they can be resources to us. Uh, We just need to reach out to them. And like they said, you know, we're not up to our ears in organic either. But if you ask a question, uh, we don't have an answer. We'll help you find it. So it was a, was a fun and motivating uh, after day for us. And we were just delighted that they chose to come to our farm. We had that opportunity to speak with other people. This is incredible. Okay, that was I, this is way bigger than I thought it was. And the tie to John's original uh, pub- publication that he subscribed to, I think, is phenomenal. Okay, talk about going full circle. Um, yeah, we did. We really did. That's true. I mean, and and the way God works in just such mysterious ways, and um, that we can't see. Like, I mean, it's been twenty three years since you guys uh, decided to switch over and probably when he s- to subscribe to that and um, at least and just to see it come full circle and come impacting your life talk about a, a plan and, and God's will and aligning your will with God's will and and what happens in life and then your grandson now being involved in the business I just think we often think the reward is always monetarily and we need to have our business survive they need a profit we need to focus on that and, and the financial piece but also, you know, letting go of the outcome so much of and trying to control it and letting just aligning ourselves properly and, and letting God work for us um, and life work for us, you know, and not see as things happening to us or negative things happening to us and being able to use them as learning lessons and growth and inspiration, I think is so important. Um, what do you enjoy the most about this, Kristen? You personally, um, what do you enjoy the most about being in farming, particularly regenerative farming, and being an entrepreneur and, and working with the consumers and and the people that buy your products? Well, I think that would be a twofold answer, Justin. Um, my mind tends to be somewhat creative, and so I had to adapt from creative in various other areas and try to put that to use for me, for us in our business and that's a challenge and uh, you know some people are just motivated every day to get up and do and proceed on well I'm not necessarily that kind of person but I am uh, enthused and motivated by challenges 
And certainly this has been and still is. I mean, you know, when we end up this conversation today, I will be in touch with, a, uh, I'm sure, by email or text with a customer or a potential customer with questions. Uh, so I'm constantly motivated to stay active and be alert and be sensitive. And that is very good for me. And then the other thing, of course, uh, which we've talked about some already, is the relationships that we've built. Uh, you know, I get an email from someone that says, sorry, I won't be able to meet you this month on delivery route because we're taking our kids to Frontier City that day, but we'll be ordering next month. They do not owe me that explanation in any way, shape, or form. But we have a relationship with them. And they just want to let me know that you know they're not abandoning ship. They have something else that day. How neat is that? Or, you know, they'll send me a picture of their children around the table and they're all eating burgers and send a message and say, by the way, we really enjoyed our burgers tonight. Our kids love John's Farm Beef. They don't owe that to me. They do it because we have a relationship. And those things are just phenomenal. Um, they just warm our hearts and keep us motivated to do what we're doing. I love it. I'm, I'm, I almost became an audience member there. I was just like sitting back and listening. Like I was totally forgetting I'm the host. I was like just so engulfed in what you were saying. That's, I just am like blown away um, by this. Um, let me in, let me inject this story because yeah, it's absolutely. so cute. Justin, there is a family that, um, have been our customers for years. And I think there's six, seven children in that family. So we have, you know, met them and, and we see the new baby come and that new baby gets older and then there's another one and whatever. Well, they just think John is so special. So when he makes a delivery, these little ones come out and if there's flowers in the garden, they pick one and give it to him. And if there's no flowers, they pick leaves off the plant. So last uh, time he came home, he had a pocket full of leaves that these children had given him. And they call him Mr. Beef. And on Father's Day, my phone dings and it's a text. And the children ask their mother to please send Mr. Beef a happy Father's Day greeting. There are there are no other <laughs> words for that. I mean, I got tears when I read that text from them. And they have they have families of their own, but they wanted Mr. Beef to have a very happy Father's Day. Wow. Um, I will have to admit, I did have I do have tears on that one. That yeah. one really blew me away, actually. Um, concerning... We didn't ever have those experiences in conventional farming. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, talk about giving to the world and the world giving back um, and not seeking it and let, and it still comes. And I, you know, how many fathers out there don't even get a Father's Day from their kids, period, um, because exactly. they aren't doing the right thing, to let alone from <laughs> another family, Mr. Beef. And um, <laughs> I love it. 
Um, he has, and it's perfect because he gives everyone else nicknames. So now he's got a nickname. I love the, the full circle there as well and how God works for us in that way. Also because his nature has often now been mirrored back to him. And that's so cool. I think we as humans don't realize that our actions are oftenly mirrored back to us. Um, and the goodness we spread, particularly in goodness, it, it's mirrored back to us in bad ways too, called karma. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, but it's it, karma is a good thing too. And, and God works in the same way that in the way we act can be mirrored back to us in the long run, especially if we live a life of core values and um, and stay true to who we are. So I think that's a perfect lead. You and I discussed this question. I wasn't sure how to integrate it in, but I think we just found a way um, to keep the conversation going was what are those core values you guys live by and those principles um, sort of and, and maybe even in in your leadership or however you look at it um you know what do you guys really stand for um personally and and as your business if if you don't mind me asking well i would have to say integrity would be the first for core value that we um hope that we can portray um integrity is a meaningful relationship uh, on which trust is built and for us, that means, you know, telling those interested uh, in our products how they are raised, uh, including some of our story, how we changed, what we're currently in doing and inviting consumers to our farm to check us out. Um, and I think that the direct sales is where that happens. Um, it's the opportunity for us to use um, terms that, people are familiar with but then help them to define them um so let's use the term organic for example uh you know in the past decade U uh, u.s organic retail sales have increased on an average of eight percent per year so the growing demand makes the term organic more lucrative and as a result we can look around and we can see people say well and they kind of tout it, actually. You know, we're not certified, but we use organic methods. Well, in reality, some of these claimants, they've never read or studied the Federal Registry, the National Organic Program Final Rules. But the consumer, on the other hand, wants to trust people. I want to trust people. You want to trust people. So, you know, but then you ask a few questions and then you find out, well, wait a minute, maybe they're not really doing what they're saying they're doing. So that lack of integrity then causes the consumer to question what's happening. And as a result of that, they're not sure who they can trust. And so we just, we just want to live by integrity, whether, you know, someone approves of what we do or whether they don't approve what we do. We just want to tell it like it is. And then I think another core value would be self-awareness. Um, use whatever qualities I possess to manage our business and, and develop our team. Um, communication is key in this endeavor. Um, it's important that John and I communicate first with one another on the farm's daily happenings and what we expect for tomorrow and next week and next month. And then through self-awareness, we help those around us understand what it is we're doing. So we, 
we constantly endeavor to uh, better understand who we're serving, uh, what their needs are, and then uh, through the qualities we possess, how can we meet uh, what they're looking for? So I have to understand how my behavior and my words and my actions impact others. That is one thing that we are, you know, talking with Kale about now. You know, he's, an, he's another generation. They use different terms. They use more advanced technology. But who are our customers? And then how do we relate in uh, the best way possible to them? Um, and then I guess the final one would probably be vision and passion. Um, there is more to what we do. Um, there's the why and why it matters and how and how much. So I have to realize that everyone's disposition varies um, and that I'm going to pass along my vision and passion uh, to raising some of the most wholesome, healthy beef on the planet. I've got to reach people to, uh, where they are that have the same passion. They're looking for that. They don't have the opportunity to raise it themselves, but they're looking for it and seeking it. So uh, I need to share my vision and passion with others so that I can help them uh, reach their goals as well. I think that's, you know, pretty much the goals are the that we have in mind. Um, core values are important. We live them every day, and we uh, we fail at them from time to time. We just have to revisit them and try to move forward. And with God's help, we've been able to do that. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I the, the core values that I live by, sometimes I mess up pretty badly, and I have to go back and have the self-awareness to analyze what happened or why that's happening in my life, um, particularly during times of loss. For some reason, they always it's the hardest to make sure we stay intact and we don't become too selfish in nature. Um, but I'm, I'm going to ask another question. It's almost, and speaking of selfish, I selfishly want to know, but I think it'll benefit the audience as well, but I know it'll really benefit me uh, just because I think you and John are so inspirational to me and motivating to me. Um, and you guys really give me a lot of hope uh, for the future, honestly. And talking to you is really a gift for me. I know you guys are coming on my show, um, sharing your story and, and helping the audience that listens in. A majority would probably be, quote unquote, my audience, for lack of a better term. I don't own them. That's not what I mean. But um, I just want to say thank you uh, first before I ask the question. I really appreciate you guys and what you've done. Um, because I just the impact on me and the influence on me and the hope you guys have given me is enormous okay from your story and um, God really is working for me by bringing you guys into my life because I do know that we're going to continue to record and I'm going to continue to tell stories and I'm trying like in my brain I'm like how do I get to Oklahoma like I'm trying to figure this out right now like I just I have this well, yearning please figure to figure that out. We would love to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's hard these days to travel with, with so much going on, but I'm going to find time to do this. Um, I have a lot of people I want to see across the country. I know we're working on Foodtopia, which is a TV show that'll go around the country and tell the stories from the farmers 
to the restaurateurs or to the grocery stores or and the food entrepreneurs in the world. We are working on that, and it is based on that theory that I told you guys, uh, which I don't think is a theory. I think we can all say it's reality, but it is that experience, exposure, and education are what make a well-rounded leader and a well-rounded entrepreneur. There's about 15 other E's I use to really hone in on that. If you'll look up the Centurion Leadership Battalion or my Instagram, uh, at Justin Bizarro, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O, to find some of those. But I just, you know, the, there's a lot of core values, and I believe in core values too. Um, you can see it in this Centurion Leadership Italian show as well. We have about 12 core values we have on there, and, you know, we're getting back into the habit of trying to ex- explore a core value a month on that show as we go into 2024 uh, in December, and we're preparing for that and recording episodes for that. Uh, particularly around core values, but I have this question for you. Like you guys have been through a lot, you and John. You've had ups and downs. Uh, you've been through family. You've been through loss. You've been tr- through transitioning your business and now building an entrepreneurial journey. What would you say that makes you guys successful? How do you? I mean, for me, I see you guys as successful. You, you, um, you're a team. Uh, you have a family legacy. Uh, you, ins- you live by core values. Like how your marriage, your business, like what is it that that you feel really makes it work for you guys and what has made it possible for you guys to get through some really, really tough and bad times? That would totally be our faith in everything that you mentioned. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I hope this is okay to share this. When we, uh, when we lost our son, uh, I remember going to that memorial service, Justin, and my f- when we entered that sanctuary, I didn't think my feet were touching the floor. And I sat, when I got sat down in the pew, I thought, that is the weirdest feeling I believe I've ever had. When we left that service, and John and I were At home that evening, John said to me, you're not going to believe this, Chris, but when we walked down that aisle, that sanctuary, my feet did never touch the floor. So both of us had that experience. And I knew then that we will never know why that had to happen, but it did. And I knew then God's going to see us through, just like he saw us through this day. So, yep, there's been tough parts in our marriage relationship. I don't know if there's a perfect one. Well, I've not seen it, but that's okay. But we've relied on our faith. Our ancestors shared the same faith as we have. And I'm pretty sure that God brought them through that. Because why else would we still have this property? How else did they hang on to this? How did they make that land run? How were they that brave, except by their faith? And uh, I see it happening today. Um, Kale shares our faith. Um, He feels like this is where he not only wants to be, but he will be successful here because this is where he needs to be. And this is his plan. Um, I'm not sure how we would have made it without our faith. 
So, you know, if if there are some things about from the beginning to now that, you know, what would you say about those things? Well, if we'd had a greater appreciation for our ancestors in the very beginning, including our parents, when we didn't, during that time, we didn't think they were very smart, we probably could have come, overcome some hardships uh, with a little fewer knocks and bruises than we did. Um, you know, if I had realized the importance of taking pictures and writing in journals, I would be a little more familiar with my history than I am today. Um, I tend to be a perfectionist in a lot of things, and that really isn't as important as it is uh, to make connections and break down barriers and build relationships is far more important than being a perfectionist. That's difficult for me to learn. Uh, There's times, you know, like I think you mentioned this previously, when things are rolling along just great and you're comfortable, um, you rely on yourself a little more than necessary and forget about relying on him. And I need that reminder every now and then. Yeah, me too. And uh, if I am mindful of things and count my blessings and be thankful and give him the glory that he deserves, then all these other things begin to fall into place. So certainly it's our faith that has brought us here. Uh, And how did we become organic? Well, it was through a tragic situation and, and someone during that period of time invited us to be an organic farmer and we turned it down and he said, I'll call you again. And he did. And we turned it down. And the third time it's like, I guess we're supposed to do this. God was opening that door and thank him for pushing us through it because we weren't brave enough or ready to step in ourselves. But once we got through that door and accepted that invitation, things began to fall into place. And as a result of that, uh, much of our life has been much easier since. We've learned to rely on him. I want to anchor this for the audience. Uh, Gosh, you couldn't have answered that. Like better than God is speaking through you clearly because um, I'm just going to anchor this. I'm going to talk about the weightlessness that you're talking about, the floating, um, the feet not touching the ground a little bit. because I do think that that's an important key uh, in life, and and I have experienced this as well. Um, But I'm going to tell a little story as well and then anchor it back to your story um, and just give everyone a little bit of information here that I don't think we have enough of in our life. I know that for my family and for me, it has saved my life, particularly in moments of what I would call rock bottom. And... um, so I'll give everyone this. My grandfather was an alcoholic, um, pretty major, um, but he discovered through a program called Chit Chat in Pennsylvania, a phenomenal program, and he discovered Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, and Alcoholics Anonymous was created in the 1930s and 40s by two gentlemen uh, named Dr. Bob and Bill W. Again, we refer they refer to it that way. We refer to it that way, um, and Al-Anon as well. That means. We are family members of alcoholics, and um, and we also have 12-step programs just like the alcoholics do to deal with the, the same type of things to make sure we don't go down those similar paths. And um, Bill W. and 
and I mean, Dr. Bob and Bill W. created Alcoholics Anonymous in 1930s and 40s, as I discussed. Um, it obviously saved my grandfather, probably saved my family in a lot of ways, um, saved me completely. It made me who I am. I just want everyone to know that because of my grandfather going through that program, because of the steps, because even at a very young age, we talked about this stuff. We talked about core values and step programs and living by principles and living by core values, you know, not only by identifying steps and how they identify our character, but then the principles we need to live by, which also AA instills principles in individuals um, and a way of living uh, and a humility. I would say the 13th step of a 12-step program is humility ultimately, uh, and um, a connection with God. And so one of the things that he really brought into my family's life and our lives as he was really starting to get a handle on the program and starting to gain years of sobriety and growth is this poem. And it's called Footprints in the Sand. Okay. It is everywhere I go, I have it somewhere. Okay. It's um, sometimes it's even when I really need it. It's my screensaver on my phone. And I'm going to read it to everyone just for the audience, okay? Because I think it really anchors what we're talking about, all right? One night I dreamed a dream. And it's interesting because I have it on the wall here in the studio. I bring it everywhere with me, guys, which is we're talking about. I've never shared this with anyone. Everyone asks about it or glances at it. Some people don't ask and they look at it funny and I just leave it alone. But it is important. So I'm going to start again. Sorry. One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprint in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at my very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me. So I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, excuse me, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave. He whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Okay? I just want to emphasize with that, with everyone. I'm going to read that last part again. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Okay? I don't know how many families um, throughout the generations that that particular poem has impacted. um, How much, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous has has impacted the world for positivity. Because before that, alcoholics, before the 1930s and 40s, therapists, psychologists, even some today still think alcoholics are hopeless, but weirdly because of community and other humans who have gone through similar experiences, they find hope and faith and God. Okay. Like the first step is in a step program is willing to turn my life, uh, while admitting you're an alcoholic, but also willing to turn your life 
over to God as you understand him, okay? And that's important because you can't we can't do it on our own and and God works through other people particularly those who have already been through our situation okay we learn from them um, God carries us but he also brings individuals in our life to also help carry us uh, and be there for us so um, you know in the step programs like I discussed um, particularly for my grandfather it it instilled core values in me it, it gave me, the ability to want to grow humans and be more holistic in my thinking versus just trying to go as an entrepreneur and make money. Okay. Um, and it's particularly great for this episode because that's what you guys are doing. You're building a positive legacy for the future, the world, and you're honoring God um, by just doing such incredible things. And for me, you're really modeling God and in a way God is carrying me through what I'm going through just by who you and John are, your relationship, the way you guys handle business together, your partnership, your ability to be entrepreneurs together, uh, your ability to pass on your knowledge, your faith, your core values into the compounding of your legacy and now your grandson who's still there. So um, apologize everyone for getting teary-eyed. I'm, I, I'm an emotional person just by nature. Um, and the life that I've had and the journey that I've had, uh, both good and bad. Um, but I will say I agree with uh, Kristen 100%. God has always been there for me, whether I liked it or I knew it or I accepted it or I acknowledged it or not. Um, right. I couldn't have gone through, particularly recently, some of the hardest times of my life um, and some of the hardest times as a kid and in my adulthood as an entrepreneur or in my relationships, if it wasn't for him sort of taking the wheel. I don't even know how to describe it sometimes. Sometimes something comes out of my mouth and I don't even know where it came from to help someone else. Uh, and they tell me how much impact and influence it had on them and it was something I just said. Okay, so that's me helping God carry other people as well. And I think that the more we align ourselves with that will, okay, and um, everyone always asks me, Justin, what do you mean? You know, you know, I hear it in church, but no one ever really explains his will versus our will. And it's very easy to me, okay? God creates trees. We create the furniture, okay? God creates the animals. We create uh, the ability to grow the animals, to give them good environments, to be the angels on this planet that give them purpose, whether it's food or whether it's re regenerating their population or it's having a function in the world to educate or whatever, um, continue the population. So that's what I'm talking about. It seems very easy to me. It's a very black and white thing to me. I don't know why. It's just been that way since I've been a kid and went through some pretty serious trauma. But out of all of it became something very clear to me, which is my will aligning with God's will is I accept what he's created and what he's doing for us. And I align myself around that to be an angel on this planet and improve upon it and do use my will to align with his will, which brings him glory, brings the things that he creates glory. Okay. Um, like I said, we can turn trees into a lot of different things, but when we turn it into furniture, it becomes something beautiful that's very useful to humans, particularly when we eat or we commune and we break bread. Okay, so weirdly, when I turn it into furniture, I give it the ability to have God bring us together. I'll anchor the Last Supper, the furniture that was there, for example, 
think about it. Okay, no one really thinks about it on that level, but it is 100% what's going on here. God created the crops. God created the plants. God created the animals. Now we as humans farm them. Okay, and if we do it properly and align our will with God's will, that means we're improving on his design. Okay, not with science, not with whatever, with with a way that comes natural. I'm not saying science is not involved. I'm just saying that science by itself and man-made things is not the solution always. It's aligning God's solutions with our solutions. Okay, um, and and if anyone's in medicine, and I'll just anchor this, or preventive medicine, we know that the way we eat and the way we um, encompass the world around us or uh, involve ourselves in the world around us and the way we eat, particularly if we eat from a 350, 400-mile radius um, and diversify our meats and our proteins, um, meats, proteins, uh, vegetables, fruits, spices, etc., starches, that that is key to human growth, to our brain growth, to giving better nutrients, vitamins, minerals to our children, okay? And and how I'm going to talk about the opposite is vitamins, as we buy them in the grocery store, are man-made. Our body doesn't absorb most of those vitamins, okay? We have to overdose on vitamins in order to get the daily amount we need, okay? But if we eat organically or eat regeneratively or eat holistically, and have well-rounded diets. I always talk about this. People don't realize that you, we should have like 20 sources of protein in our diet. Ducks, cows, bison, elk, alligator, sheep, goat, chicken, turkey, different types of chicken, Cornish hen. All these things have different ways that they process food and it gets absorbed into their bodies. Okay? And because of that, they pass on different attributes, vitamins, minerals, uh, proteins into our bodies, fats for our brain that we need. Same with fruits, same with vegetables. 40, 40, 40 fruits, 40 vegetables should be in our diet every month. It's nearly impossible because the grocery store does not do that. And it's a super large number. They're like, oh, there's only 30 days. How do you expect that? Eat multiples a day, you know? But we have to consciously start to think about this because in that diversity, it doesn't only save us as humans and grow us as humans and grow our legacies to be better than we are God-created humans. It's our job to be better, not through science, through the tools that he gave us, okay? And by science, I mean by hacking. I don't mean by scientifically studying what nature is or what God's given us to improve on it, okay? I want to distinct there. I keep saying science, but I, I, I want to be careful because there is two different different ways of looking at it, Okay. Um, I try to live very holistically. And for me personally, when I switched over my diet now over 14 years ago, completely, I'd been in, in health food for 25 years now and understood, you know, all of it in the compounding, but I really honed it in about 14 years ago and it's completely changed who I am, my confidence, my brain function, my athletic ability, my tiredness, my, um, my ability to communicate with others, my moods. You know, my relationship with God, weirdly, is is improved completely. Okay, it's way better than it's ever been, even though I'm in, you know, sort of this transition phase where I don't know where my life is going. But I have faith in him that he does and that I just need to keep aligning my plan to his will, doing the right thing, getting entrepreneurs on here, sharing their story, uh, networking entrepreneurs so they can grow from one another, be a facilitator, a shepherd, if you will, of the world around us. So... Sorry to go down that long tangent, uh, Kristen, but I just wanted to anchor that for the audience. Um, 
in particular? Well, it's very uh, humbling to believe or to think that we have helped you in any way, Justin. But like like I said at the beginning, if we have, that's his plan, and he gets the glory for it. And I hope that's happened. Yeah, and we've taken such a long time. This has been a phenomenal episode. Uh, we are going to break it into two parts just to give the audience, um, you know, a breakdown because we've almost gone two hours, which I really appreciate <laughs> your time. You and I just seem to be able to talk forever. I know we're going to end up doing an, a part four because we'll break this into part two and part three. Um, but I, I appreciate your time, um, your dedication, uh, your journey. Um and your input on relationships in general uh, and, and the marriage that you guys have and the family that you've raised and the legacy that you've created because it's hugely impactful, particularly as you go into the seventh generation. So so I don't continue talking forever. I appreciate your time, Justin. It's been awesome. Yeah. And uh, it's fun visiting with you because I, we're like-minded in many ways and I think our goals are somewhat aligned at the same time and I could just visit with you the rest of the day, I believe. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, if I don't actually like force myself to to keep going here, we could probably break this into three parts. We could talk all day. <laughs> so, um, but as we start, is there anything you want to add in from our conversation today? I mean, the mic's yours. This is your your episodes. Um, is there anything that I missed or anything we didn't cover that you just want to talk about and and fill in with the audience? Well, I would just say that, uh, you know, this weekend is the 4th of July coming up, and we just are so blessed to be in America. Uh, we hear so much and read so much negative stuff, but uh, we're still in the best, and uh, we need to thank our God for that as well. I agree with you 100%, and everyone in the audience, thank you guys for listening in. Um, interestingly, um and it's really started happening. Like I usually get a lot of feedback and a lot of questions here and there for the entrepreneurs, but I wouldn't say that I'm getting the feedback that I've received over the last three weeks. Um, especially when I need it, especially when I'm like, is the podcasting thing something I really want to do for the rest of my life or at least for the, the, the future. And I, you know, I've been praying a lot, like God, help me understand what I'm supposed to be doing here. What's the impact. And I know there's, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that are listening across the globe. Um, you know, we're in over 136 countries across the world, and we've gone into Iran and Syria, which I hope we're spreading freedom and independence and entrepreneurial spirit in those countries because they desperately need it. Because that is talking about freedom, freedom, human rights, all that stuff starts with the entrepreneurial mindset and uh, an open-minded mindset. And so. Um, you know, that's what I'm trying to, but I'm like, is this what you want me to be doing, God? And weirdly, over the past three weeks, I've gotten so many, had so many individuals come out and just give the thank you comments, the appreciation for the impact in their life. They've been listening for two to three to four years and how much it's impact their business or a particular episode and something one of the food entrepreneurs shared on there has greatly changed their business and impacted it for the better. Or during COVID, how many people didn't feel alone anymore by the stories we were telling. And um, I just, you know, that's humbling and I appreciate it, but it is how God works. Uh, when we are doing the right things, we we do we are given messages from others that we are moving in the right direction. And here's the funny part: I've never 
ever once tied the podcast to money. Okay, and while we get some sponsorship dollars that covers the, the team and the podcast itself, uh, it doesn't cover my time. Okay, it doesn't cover you know the the entrepreneurs' time on here. They volunteer it, and so a lot of it was about giving back to the world and and helping entrepreneurs so they never ended up feeling alone or without access to information like I was in the late 1990s. You know, and if I didn't read and I didn't have publications and I didn't seek out individuals, I probably would have never grown and I wouldn't be here with a business that was successful over 24 years, you know, and, and starting over in the new businesses like I talked about, which is Freedom Foods, you know, and Better with Bacon Fat Studios, which does the podcast, and Futopia TV, which is part of Aegon Pictures with a partner of mine, Stephen, who you guys can listen to his episode on the Justin Ryan Bizarro Show. He has two episodes so far. But he is my partner in the uh, as we get into TV and movie space, which I never thought I would be in, guys. I'm a food entrepreneur who ended up in media and IT and transportation and farming and um, direct-to-consumers and <laughs> music now and sports um, and human growth coaching. Like it's weird how we stack up skills when we follow a plan. And, uh, and a lot of times I will say this as we get off, it's exactly what you were talking about. That person kept calling the person, the people keep calling me, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to get into the clothing industry. I'm pretty sure that I'm going down that road. Okay. And helping out someone and becoming a partner in the business that he's running. Okay. At least an advisor, um, because why I, God keeps putting it in my life and he's like you need to probably go help this individual for whatever reason I don't know why but in reality when I help others they end up helping me way more weirdly it's kind of crazy how that works um, and uh, I'll leave everyone with this because it is 4th of July and we did talk about God and the importance of it anyone who's out there listening in please 4th of July this the month of July like random act of kindness every day to a random stranger i want everyone to remember that random act of kindness to a random stranger it will better the world it will better your life it will help align your will with god's will okay i wouldn't normally have said that on this episode but i feel like that's a good anchor for us to stop at um Kristen, where can they find you guys online and where can they find you on instagram well we have a website johnsfarm.com you can find us on Instagram at John's Farm OK, which stands for Oklahoma, John's Farm OK. You can find us on Facebook, um, slash John's Farm LLC, or just uh, go to Google and search John's Farm. We'll jump up there, and we'd love to visit with you. Justin, I thank you again for this opportunity. I oh, thank you. You really, you've made my month. I don't even know, maybe even my year. It's kind of crazy, um, and I really appreciate you guys coming into my life, and, I, and I'm and i very grateful and thankful for God for um, us communicating on Instagram and coordinating to do these episodes because, I, I, like I said, it's, it's probably influenced me and impacted me more than anyone in the audience. Um, I hope not, but it's possible um, because I feel that you guys came into my life at, at such a great time, so I appreciate that. Um, for the that's, audience that's the way he does us isn't it yeah i know total transformations <laughs> yeah. man this comes in right. and, and all of a sudden like you align your will with his will and life just it doesn't get easier i would say but it gets better 
uh, for sure. That's right. Um, yes. And, and I look forward to having you in Oklahoma. Yes, I'm definitely we would love coming. To see you on John's farm. Yes, I want to come there. I, I probably might bring my crew and maybe do some some video stuff. Uh, I know definitely as we're passing through Oklahoma, I want to get you guys on our, our Foodtopia TV show as we start to launch that. Uh, we start recording this year, and it'll start hopefully launch next spring, if everything, next winter, spring, if everything goes according to plan in 2024. Um, there's a lot of loopholes to get through, a lot of praying, a lot of faith, uh, but we are pushing through it. And um, thank you, everyone in the audience, for listening in. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Stay safe during, you know, the summer. A lot of boating, a lot of fireworks, a lot of, you know, alcohol, a lot of all the things that we do to celebrate our summer. But uh, be safe because, you know, you, the life that you impact by your decisions, as we discussed, is not only yours. And they have long-term impact to ourselves and the world around us. So I want to leave everyone with that. I love you guys. Um, in the audience, I appreciate all the support, the feedback, and all that. And, again, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. And you can find this show and all of the other shows we do on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kristen, and we're out. <laughs>